0: Welcome to another episode of People of Passion. Today, we have Ian McLeod in the studio today. Ian is a hypnosis consultant. For 30 years, he was a psychiatric nurse and afterwards decided he would like to follow his passion in hypnosis and helping people. Uh, So, Ian, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Um, Just previous to uh, going live, we were chatting about um, what goes on between uh within our minds that that creates differences in how people can be um influenced So, oh, what, what was the word that you used um suggestibility and gullibility gullibility yeah right you want to touch on that again
1: sure Uh, a lot of people worry that hypnosis is going to be when they hear how suggestible i would be under hypnosis and they think oh gosh i'm not suggestible and most people are hypnosis is going to work on most people suggestibility i've always seen as a positive trait it's something that you can work with you can adapt I was mentioning to you the T-Rex was king of the jungle, but really couldn't change from there. Our ancestors that were the little mammals that scurried from between its feet, it adapted. Like the guy that's missed his off-ramp and the wife says, honey, I think we missed the off-ramp. And he's like, leave me alone. I know how to drive. He doesn't want to be seen as either stupid or, you know, you're not getting me wrong. Mm-hmm. I've got my pride. I know my way around, typical mm-hmm. guy thing, right? Whereas gullibility, we don't want to be. We don't want to be the yokel who thinks that uh, they just got an autograph of Elvis Presley performing with the Beatles, you know? Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, you could convince somebody that they didn't get Elvis's autograph. What, what is – so what is it uh, – how is it that you can implant – memories or, or convince somebody to believe something is, is, is it that you are
1: creating? I like to say, we'll slice that one down the middle. Mm-hmm. I like to say what we're really doing is managing your subconscious. Okay. Um, I can't, the old Charlie Chan and Hawaii Five O reruns were right. I can't make you do anything in hypnosis you wouldn't normally do. Okay, I can't make you rob a bank. I can't make you like Lawrence Welk or Percy Faith, right? You are not going to change your core values, the core you. All I can do is take problems or situations that we both want to change and go from there. In fact, usually I'm so honor-bound that if your wife's, uh, if I got you under hypnosis and the wife's in with us and says, can you please do something about his snoring? I would be honor bound to bring you out, talk to you and say, shall we do something about your snoring Hmm. and then put you back in again and go back to uh, maybe your problem of stage fright or whatever it was that brought you to me. Okay. So usually the idea is it's like showing you the roller coaster of Canada's wonderland. We stand back and we say, all right, here's how it's going to happen today. You're going to start up there, go there, do the loop, the loop, a loop. And you're going to come out here at the end. Once you see that, once you know this is what's going to happen and only that, we can get you to relax a little bit more. Because before that, you've seen all those old movies. You're worried that I'm going to make you spontaneously combust or levitate. Or like Lawrence Welk. How bad would <laughs> Who'd that be? Who would want to do that? <laughs> exactly. You know, my gosh, you know. His music really resonates with me now, Dad. Oh, finally, you know, after all these years. I hear
0: you went to the hypnotherapist. That's, that's yeah. what happened.
1: <laughs> exactly. Not good. So, yeah, that is what we're doing. I really can't plant ideas wholesale into you. You do that yourself most days.
0: So then when you... Give somebody Canadian Tire money and convince them that it's a fifty dollar bill. What's going on there? They're they're not seeing that, the Canadian Tire money. Or- that
1: is an example of our pal, the posterior cingulate cortex. There's the anterior cingulate cortex, and there is the posterior cingulate cortex, ladies and gentlemen. The posterior is the guy on the blue. Anterior is the one on the left. It's yellow. Okay. Now posterior is in charge of making sure you don't get hurt and you don't look like a moron. And the reason I brought up the Canadian Tire Money is because, okay, about the same color as a $50 bill. Mm -hmm. If I told you this is a $50 bill because the hypnotist said so, right now your mind, the posterior, is on red alert. It's saying, you know, danger Will Robinson. Mm -hmm. You know, this man's trying to con you. Part of you has gone stone-faced, like poker-faced, and you're half expecting me to take it, pass my hand over it, and turn it into a real $50 a bill, yeah. which I'm not going to do. But that is what the posterior does, okay? The anterior is even more interesting. It's the guy in the air traffic control tower that's trying to land the plane with Bruce Willis's wife in it and die hard and sending all the other planes to Newark, Philly, and uh, South Carolina. Okay, it is in charge of what you are paying attention to. Are your shoes too tight? Are your armpits sweating? Let alone the existential questions you think about every day. Mm -hmm. Is it forever this thing called love? Do blondes really have more fun? Or do girls just date guys like us and marry the other kind? (laughs) Right. So. Under hypnosis, and this is why we know hypnosis works, when we have somebody under hypnosis with an MRI, you know, your mileage may vary. Most of the time we can get that thing to sit down and purr like a kitten and we can direct what the subconscious is going to pay attention to. It becomes very much like a cop at a four-way traffic that's directing the traffic and Marilyn Monroe pulls up in, in front of him in a 57 Chevy, holds up a Coke and goes... Yeah, of course he's going to let her come through, mm-hmm. right? But if the Beagle Boys are there, he isn't, right? Especially if they're holding bags with dollar signs on them. No, mm-hmm. something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Your essential a, a core, your soul, if you want to call it, who you are, I can't play with.
0: So then you're saying there's two regions of the brain and one of them... There's lots Essentially, of Essentially – well, there's lots of reasons. Lots of, sure. But, but the two particular ones here, one of them is what you're – it's controlling what you're paying attention to. Yes. And the other one is just accepting the information that's coming through and you're operating it's upon still, that info.
1: It still operates and can say, no, I'm not going to take that Canadian Tire uh, money as a $50 bill. What do you think I am? Crazy? I've been burned before. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like, uh, you know, I had to touch the stove to know – when you and I were talking before, yeah. I had to touch the stove. I had to find out myself. Whereas I was quite content to see the hamburger get seared and thinking, okay, hand, hamburger, we're not going go to go there. We're not going to go there. Exactly. So, yeah, that's where you're going with that. Okay. But there's also the, the brain works as a three-dimensional object. It is about the size of your two fists put together. A little bigger, but that's about what it looks like. And believe it or not, side view that's what what your brain looks like if you took a look at it roughly right like the little things over the top and mm. the thingy there in the middle and the brain stem down below i
0: that's, imagined it would be bigger than
1: that it it isn't really if you put your hand to the side of your head it's not a lot bigger than your fist if you think about it because you got the skull and the you got the fluid and, and, and,
0: and space in between yeah
1: yeah so it's not a lot bigger than your hand now left brain right brain Left brain is almost all visual or a lot of visual. Right brain deals with words. So if I say Prince to you, you could think of Prince Spaghetti, Prince the Rockstar, Prince Andrew. But if I show you a picture of the late, great rockstar, we remove all doubt. Dogs, parenthetically, we think, are two left brains put together. By the way, this is a great way of figuring out Just how susceptible, how easily we could put you into the hypnotic state because your mind could have said, okay, he said left brain, but he's holding up his right hand. And he said right, but he was holding up his left hand.
0: Mm.
1: My brain is now in conflict. (laughs) What do I make of this?
0: I guess from my perspective, it, it makes sense.
1: Wow, exactly. You're taking the information. That's why with a lot of the old exercise videos, they on TV, they would be saying, "All right, everybody, raise your right hand, right?" And because they wanted it to be on TV, they'd put they'd up that the one. Other one Right." And the people at home would be going, "Yeah, following right along. <laughs> following but every now and then you get someone to say, "Wait a minute, that's her left hand." and that would be enough. There was a guy, Milton Erickson, big doctor who traveled the country and would teach doctors and dentists how to remove teeth without anesthetic. So that's when you really know that this is working because if you can guy, pull a guy's teeth, you're really beyond placebo. No kidding. Right? And... He was a practical joker. He looked like Mr. Lodge from the Archie comics or maybe Mr. Drysdale from Beverly Hillbillies. You can look him up. And he could hypnotize you and put you into a trance just by shaking your hand the right way. And if you were the right kind of person.
0: I've seen that. Um, I was getting into – my brother and I were getting into like stage hypnosis and um, because we're into magic tricks and such. Sure. So part of the whole magic uh, routine is it involves some sort of like hi- hypnotism men- right. mentalism suggestion yes yeah. and and so there's a technique where you just go up and get their hand and pull them in a certain way and kind of just yes. throw them
1: off kilter yes and-, and they can go into a hypnotic thing what now- happens there You have created a bind, I like to call it, and uh, you can command them. Now, there are some professions, like nurses and policemen, where if you try to do that, you're probably going to get three quick kung fu kicks to the
0: head. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, okay, like I said, with the left hand, right hand, right? Mm -hmm. That'd be enough to be able to slow some people down to go, what? And then we can go, sleep, right?
0: Is there a specific procedure that you go through when, say, you, you get a new patient uh, or, or a new person coming to you? You mentioned that you, you like to take a step back and, and kind of show the curves of the roller coaster right. and discuss, here's how we'll go. Right. Um, but beyond that, when they sit down and say, okay, go ahead, what, how do you start? You're going to
1: talk to them. You're going to find out who they are, what their problem is, right? I want to quit smoking. Yeah, why do you want to quit smoking? Because my wife says I have to quit smoking. I can't stand living with her if she doesn't uh, let, you know, she's going to make me quit Mm -hmm. smoking or I'm going to kill her kind Mm -hmm. of thing, right? Uh, Maybe we should be thinking about something else other than (laughs) quitting smoking, you know? Any firearms in the house there, Mm -hmm. Chuck? That's That sort of thing. You want to find out what the real problem is, who they really are. Go from there. And uh, that's what you're going to start with. Then we tell them, what we can and cannot do with hypnosis. We get rid of all those crazy rumors that they used to see from movies like Get Out (laughs) and uh, go from there, right? This is what we can do. You're going to be awake during the whole session. You're going to hear me. You're going to remember this, okay? You are aware of what I'm saying. The only problem you're going to have is that there isn't going to be a problem and it's going to go so smoothly that you're going to want more. It's it's like, what? So simple. It's like if uh, when people get upset when they find out that most of what they want by the Beach Boys can be done on one CD called Endless Summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, and an album that uh, they did called Pet Sounds. That's it. That's all you need. And they're like, well, son of a gun. You know, th- th- there's a sense of disappointment there mm-hmm. sometimes. And we have to deal with the same thing. It's like... You can usually make folks quit smoking in one session.
0: And does it matter if they want to quit smoking?
1: I, they've got to want to quit.
0: They have to want to quit.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to drag them through. Uh, one guy I know, two great stories. One guy, after we did the treatment, goes out, lights up right in front of him. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I want to see it. It was still physically possible. Because even after the talk, he was trying to think. I think he thought maybe the arms would go down to his uh, mm. waist, and you wouldn't physically be able to light it up. Well, you can. All I've done is give you the choice back. I can go down to the street right now and buy myself a pack of cigarettes if I wanted to, but I don't want to. Right?
0: So, what you're doing when you're walking somebody through the process of quitting smoking? Sure. Is it that you are? So it's not that you're making you're making them restrain from smoking. You're Messing with the urge, the desire to smoke or the enjoyment of it. What is it?
1: Your dad and my dad probably told us the same thing growing up. You know, you're only as strong as your weakest link, Mm -hmm. things like that. Right. There are a bunch of weak links in the smoking addiction that we'll call it. It's really not an addiction is the first big thing. Okay. Um, and part of the problem is, well, actually, it's really closer to what a solution is. We've come a long way in understanding how the mind works. We've come a long way of seeing that, in essence, it's not uh, addiction addiction. Like if you were on meth or heroin, say, mm-hmm. um, you would um, have to get up through the night and get some. No two ways about it, Right. Smokers will sleep seven hours. They will smoke nine cigarettes a day for years. And that's all. Whereas the true textbook DSM-5 version of addiction is the dosage has to increase. The time in between the doses has to increase, right? As a result, one day if they get something like a purer form of meth or heroin, they're going to die. Because the system doesn't know what's going on and says, right? Mm -hmm. That is the true thing of addiction. This is closer to a habitualized, reinforced thing. You're used to it. You think it does something for you. Therefore, you're using it. But if you can like sleep through the night, if you've been doing the same thing, it's closer to something that's ingrained. If we stop you from thinking I have to do this, half the battle won, right?
0: Can you then, can one then um, hypnotize themselves? if that's the right term? Yes. What would the procedure be there? Is it you look yourself in the mirror and say, honestly, I don't need a cigarette, I want one, and there's a difference between the two. Or, or does it take much more, is it, is it deeper than simply acknowledging that
1: it's not? One of, my favorite, one of my favorite instances was a guy who was able to quit smoking simply by changing where he kept them. They were always in this pocket. He put them in that pocket, and it's like, okay, yeah, I really don't want to do this. Sometimes that's all it takes. It's a fulcrum you can rotate it on, right? One guy was able to quit by substituting the cigarettes with a, a little wooden dowel. He just needed something to be able to twiddle with, right? Mm. Hope he never tried to light it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> thing.
0: Different kind of smoke. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Pine.
0: The cigarettes were rather piney. Old
1: oak cigarettes, <laughs> you know? The new brand. From colonial times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is... Uh, You can self-hypnotize. There are books on it, but an old hypnotist once said, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. All I'm doing is leading you in a dance. We are partners. I'm not waving a magic wand. They once asked Fred Astaire who his favorite partner was. He did not say Ginger Rogers. He said Rita Hayworth. And the reason he said that was because she had a miserable life. And when she danced, it was her escape. She didn't have to think about how rotten her relationships were and she would just do anything with him. She was ready. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, he had that much better cooperation with her. They could do more things. And there is a great um, collage video you can see on YouTube of her doing Staying Alive. And uh, about a minute and a half in, you can see her rear back and they're... She does the uh, staying alive, and she goes, ah! Yeah. She's really enjoying herself. But you get to see a lot of the old dance steps that they're doing there, and the fact that, yeah, she would just put her her whole soul, her whole being into it. That's another element of how how good the hypnosis is going to be, how much I can get you to partner with me, because there are people who do not want to even do that. There are people who are going to say, I can't be hypnotized. Well, yeah, it's really sad that it's you to be you, you know, like, and want to be able to say, I have control. You're not going to suck me under. What do you think that's rooted in? The, I won't be
0: hypnotized. I'm strong. I, you know, it doesn't work on me. I have the power of my mind.
1: I think part of it is not understanding what we're doing. Uh, Part of it is there's four great fears of hypnotism. One, that it will not work. Two, that it will work too well and you're going to lose control. Right? Three, that I'm going to make you tell me all your secrets. Uh, number one, I've heard it all after 30 years of being a psychiatric nurse. I'm not interested. And uh, number, I, I, you would hear me say to you now, "Tell me all your secrets and the uh, <laughs> pin word for your account." Yeah. No. <laughs> right. So yeah, the losing control is there. You know, you're not going. This is not going to happen to me. And that that that's a big one. Those are the usually the four big fears of hypnotism. But yeah, I, I I've seen people who are so control centered that they will say, no, I am not going to be.
0: Is it, can you still hypnotize them? No. No? No. Because the whole time they're not giving into the process.
1: No, they're not going to do it with me. I mean, maybe if you did some heavy lifting or something like that, but why? It's like people who are not ready yet to quit smoking. You know, my wife wants me to quit smoking, you know? Well, come back when you want to. Or my dad will buy me a car if I quit smoking. No, come back to me when you want to. Mm -hmm. Because then we can work with it. Or losing the weight, you know? Or relaxing. Some people really have an investment in their stress. Um,
0: That's an interesting claim. Go into that more. An investment in their stress.
1: Sure. I'm successful. I haven't had a vacation in 10 years. I go Mm. to work every day. I work 13, 14 hours a day. I come home. I think this woman's my wife. I'm not sure. I think we've had five children. I'm not too certain about that. But you ought to see my bank balance sheet. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. A buddy of mine, who was a resident here for a while and went back to Hong Kong and is practicing, said to me, you know, you Canadians think you like to relax, but you don't. If your plane is delayed two days late from Hawaii, I can see you guys on the beach walking up and down trying to figure out how to put in a new irrigation system. And he said, one of my favorite examples, and he said, I died laughing seeing this, was a Canadian came out, plane was late for three days, and he goes, damn, another beautiful day. Hmm. You know, he wanted to see it rain or something.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. I I know of this experiment that was done where individuals were stuck in a room and told they were going to be there for an hour, and there's this box in the corner, and if you touch it, it'll shock you. Yeah. Um... And most people, out of boredom, just shocked themselves. I think that's similar to, to being stuck in paradise. How, how horrible it must be to be stuck in a paradise.
1: Yeah, just terrible, you know?
0: You know? <laughs> Awful. We, we just need uh, something else to stimulate us because we can't stay relaxed, can't be calm.
1: Terrible stuff. Dissatisfaction is quite normal in many people.
0: Talking about other people, um, you were mentioning that there's uh, different kinds of
1: people who can be
0: hypnotized.
1: Yes. Um, just about everybody, actually.
0: And and you said there are different levels to uh, double, different, different kinds? levels of hypnosis. Yes. Go into that if you can.
1: Sure. Uh, husband Davis were a couple of doctors who figured there was. Um, yeah, no problem. Who figured there was thirty. Now, a smart guy called Henry uh, Ahrens came around, and he figured it was really five strip malls with six stores in each, which is my way of visualizing. It's six stages of hypnosis. At this end, we have hypnoidal, okay? Very light. You've been doing it when you get wrapped up in the new Star Wars movie. You've, uh, you've done it when you've driven through Brantford, and 10 minutes later, you've forgotten you were even through that town, right? At this end is somnambulism, Okay. Those are the guys who can go into, uh, catalepsy stiffness. They're the ones that if they eat the onion, they are going to think it's an apple. If you tell them it is, they're the ones who are going to see the, uh, elephant, the pink elephant in the middle of the room. If you tell it is, or you can convince them on stage that they're driving a tractor, but Back to where we were before with their core beliefs. Mm-hmm. If he's a diehard John Deere tractor guy and you make the goof of saying, I'd like you to drive an Alice Chalmers tractor. No way, it's John Deere, nothing. Mm-hmm. So you say, Tractor. Woohoo, the new John Deere. Ho-ho-ho-ho, I'm there. And away he goes. He'll sit quite happily in that uh, chair on stage and go, <laughs> you know, there mm-hmm. you go, right? Or, you know, I want you to uh, be your favorite female singer, right? And they're able to say, oh, yes, Whitney Houston, and I so admire her. Whereas if you'd said something like Mariah Carey, oh, see, she's just such a complete hack.
0: So you're being, what is it, deliberately
1: vague so that they fill in the Let rest? them fill in the stuff. If you get someone like that, right? Let them, that's why you're talking to them at the beginning, finding out where they're at, finding so, out what they can do.
0: How do, how, do I, how do you identify off the bat which category they'll fall into.
1: Um, Of the six, there are susceptibility tests. You were asking on some of the questions, uh, do I use any equipment? Yeah, I still use, we don't use the candle or the watch, but I still use the watch. Your classic watch, you've seen a million times on the movies where they swing it back and forth in front of you, right? Mm -mm. Now, I'm glad you're holding it like that because I want you to hold it like this on the table with your elbow on the table. Okay? Yeah. Good. Excellent. Now, what I want you to do now is to focus on the watch and say the word yes, yes, yes. Now, lift it up a little bit. And the watch should go back and forth as you say yes, 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 and sideways if it says no, no, no.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. And then now make a change direction and go no, no, no by saying no, 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 and it should no, change direction. No, no,
0: no, no. Wow, that is interesting.
1: Idiopathic motor response. It's why Ouija boards work because your subconscious is making it, by the way, say, I don't know, and it can go around in a circle for you.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Isn't that great? <laughs> that is interesting.
1: One of the ways we're going to figure out, or one of the ways that you would uh, see, not just how susceptible they are, but if that is a kind of thing that would tap into the unconscious and give us clues. Because what we want to do is communicate with the unconscious. It is your obedient servant, right? It does what you want to. It makes you drive the car, you put on the shoes, you make your breakfast all without thinking. Mm-hmm. So you, it does those things. What we do is we kind of wake it up and say, listen, you've been sticking a cigarette into this guy's face nine times a day for three years. Don't do it anymore. And the unconscious says, okay, fine. Thank you. Right? If you told a 13-year-old kid, I want you to do this job for me nine times a day for the next two weeks, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why you would wind up saying to your unconscious, I need to smoke. So that I can look good in front of everybody at high school, mm-hmm. and the unconscious says, "On it!" And next thing you know, you're doing it nine times a day. You originally forget what you did it for—to look cool for a girl—and now you think, "Oh, I do it because it relaxes me." Because you go out at break,
0: it's, it's going out at break that that's relaxing, not the cigarette.
1: Correct. Remember Pavlov's dog? Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The dogs would salivate when they saw somebody wearing a white coat or when they heard the bell because they started to associate the bell or the guys in the white coat with food. Same thing here. We, uh, oh, it must be relaxing me and letting me focus because, right? I'm relaxed and focused. This is what the cigarette's doing now. What we do is we go in and we say, okay, unconscious. Cue up the creative part of the guy's mind. Give us five, six, a dozen, a hundred ideas of something he can do, not eat, something he can do that will be equally beneficial to de-stress and focus.
0: I see meditation used a lot. When you want to have a smoke, try meditating.
1: Sure. Actually, hypnosis is easier than meditation because it's really hard for a lot of people to empty their minds, especially if they're Mm goal-oriented. You're getting back to your guy in Hawaii again who uh, can't uh, relax, right? I don't need... An empty mind with hypno with hypnosis. I just need you to concentrate on what we gotta work with. You know, so that the um unconscious, which is always a bugbear, if we say to well, it, go to that side of the room and pick up a box. Oh, okay, that's something I can do. It it hates boredom.
0: Mm-hmm. It hates being Oh, for sure. It
1: hates being punished, it likes new things. So if we say to it, here's something new. Find something for this guy to do aside from sticking a cigarette in his face nine times a day that he will enjoy just as much. Hey, squeeze ball. Um, or anything, mm-hmm. right? It'll, it'll start going through and finding things for you because that's what it does. It's got these things and it will try to find them for you.
0: So hypnotism modifies what's under under the surface correct and so i so i was doing some research and i saw some cases where allergies like autoimmune yep like uh seasonal allergies say cat allergies specific i'm allergic to cats um were were they people got over their allergic reactions through hypnosis
1: can be done depends on the reason For instance, the classic one that I was always taught was the guy that was supposed to be allergic to yellow roses. They put a fake yellow rose in front of him, and he started to exhibit the same reactions. Okay, it's not the rose then. So they put him under and brought back memories and said, you know, did the chain that we were doing— and that was how we were, they were able to communicate with his unconscious in a good way. They're saying, okay, when were you um, exposed to yellow roses? And it, where, as a child, yes. Okay. Uh, was there an accident? Yes. Turned out he'd fallen off a horse at camp and fallen into a patch of yellow roses. And that's what set up the original sensitizing event. So a traumatic event of falling off the horse sure. into the
0: yellow roses created sure. that association.
1: Sure. Now, sometimes it's chemical and there's not a thing you can do. Uh, sometimes as people get older, allergies will develop in the systems. One of the classic ones was a lady that I knew that was like Princess Di, Julia Roberts Beautiful, and one night discovered to her horror she had developed an allergy to shrimp hmm. and threw up on a guy that was below her in the restaurant, on his bald head, but was so beautiful and charming, that the guy asked her for a phone number anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay.
1: I get that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Here you go, Julia Roberts. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I would probably do the same. (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly, right? But yeah, so there's a chemical thing there. Now, where you want to go for an interesting talk, and it's good for an all-night argument, depending on who's swinging, is peanut allergies. How many are allergic to peanuts because they are allergic or because they've been told they're allergic? One of my favorites, kind of related to that, was this lady who said, Oh, my little Felix cannot eat KFC because every time Felix eats KFC, he has terrible diarrhea. Felix grew up with that and was sweating one night when he ate it and... Eventually figured out. Okay, this was like a self fulfilling prophecy. Mom stuck on me, mm. but I'm fine now. I'm a big guy. I can make my own decisions. And you can get into an all night argument some night with the guys at the allergies who are saying, okay, some of these people, it's like you know a group, a group uh, trauma. Mm. Ronald Reagan, for instance, in the eighties had polyps and they were removed. The number of guys who went to their doctors in the following weeks who said, Doc, you just got to check up there and see if there's any polyps on me. I really feel there are. And the doctor's like, no, there's nothing up there. No, Doc, you got to check me out. Oh, moon, river, away we go, right? But yeah, hmm. well, I got them, Doc. Uh, after Eisenhower had his heart attack, everyone said, am I in danger of a heart attack, right? You know how people are going to go absolutely bunzai nuts now that the coronavirus is in town. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine that works at the CDC, she winds up always having everyone uh, phone her up and saying, okay, do we have to worry? She takes a deep breath and says, wash your hands, follow the precautions. As of right now, we think it's slightly more contagious than seasonal flu, and it is not as contagious as uh, maybe SARS or measles. She says, remember, half a, people, half a million people die from the flu every year anyway. Hmm. Worldwide.
0: It's interesting to put that in perspective because we, we have a fear. There's this game that we used to play when we were kids on the computer. Sure. Called pandemic. And yep. And the goal is to create a virus and set planes here and there yep. to infect the whole world. And take Remember over. it well. Yeah. So we are afraid of that happening and, yep. or we like the drama of something Both. dire happening. Both.
1: That's why horror movies work. Okay, that's fine. I can uh, project my fears there. Great paper I read once. Blew my mind. Said Night of the Living Dead was really a way for white guys to work out their fear of a race riot in the 60s. These unreasoning hordes of others coming for them. Mm. It's a thought. It's a thought. I don't know.
0: I think it... Could make sense that some yeah. subliminal like fear is being expressed in the art that they're creating. Try this.
1: If I said, hey, let's do a TV series on the Lone Ranger, the Masked Man, you'd look at me and say no. Mm-hmm. If I said, let's bring back the man with no name, the Clint Eastwood guy from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, you'd look at me and say no. I'd say, hey, what about Hopalong Cassidy and his faithful companion, or the Cisco Kid and his faithful companion? he would say no, right? But the Mandalorian if you think about it on TV, is really not that much different than all of those. You got the guy that's masked, right? You don't really know what his name is because most of the in the show he's just basically called the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and he's got his little faithful sidekick, Baby Yoda. Everybody goes nuts. It's a different way of saying what you've seen before. Steve Allen used to say there are only nine kinds of jokes in the world. We're just working with those. On the same Formats the same plateaus. We're just building them different ways.
0: That's fascinating. I've read a book called um, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Mm -hmm. Um, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell. Yep. Great, great book. It really Mm -hmm. put my life in perspective as I look through the events in my life trying to uh, ascertain which elements mirror you know, classic literature.
1: From there, you get into Carl Jung's idea that there was a collective unconscious, which was one of his breakup points with Freud, because Freud's like, how can you believe that? Right? Carl believed in your synchronicity. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Before it was the title of a good police album. Mm-hmm. Syn- <laughs> he came up with synchronicity. And uh, th- things happen because they're meant to happen. Right which is what I was doing at the trade show where we met, I would have a big wooden bowl. And I would say to people, here, have a random affirmation, positive affirmation. And people would reach in and pull one out. And I would say, Carl Jung believed in synchronicity. They happened for a reason. Pull out one of the cards and see if it resonates with you. Now, I had 200 cards there. And I'd say, we'll see if it works. So we'll try the same thing again. See if it resonates. Now, maybe if you don't smoke, there's going to be a couple of jokers in there. Like, I feel better about my health because I don't smoke.
0: I have more energy since giving up smoking.
1: See, that's obviously a clunker. But more times than not during the day...
0: It was something positive that was going to happen to you. Yeah. I can't wait to use my cell phone. I can wait. (laughs) I can wait to use my cell phone.
1: That one was scary because the one guy picked it up, read it, and said... What a great idea. I shouldn't be using my cell phone when I'm driving. And his Goodness, wife, yeah. And his wife looked at him as, and said, you think? And sometimes it's something you can aspire to. Yeah, I will pull over and I will use my cell phone then. Or just Not, leave it. Don't use it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So is it something that we could use? Is it something that we want to improve? Is it something that's reinforcing what we do? Freud didn't dig it because he said, we can't prove it one way or another. It's like the uh, horoscopes in the newspapers. And Jung would say to him, I believe in those too. I believe in astrology. And Freud's like, ah! Mm. Eventually they broke up. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm curious um, about using that watch. Yeah. And asking the holder some questions and, and watching how it moves is that. How does that work?
1: You're asking. That's the
0: subconscious. That you're is asking saying, the subconscious. Yes, it, it, this it, it, to it me. can't
1: tell the future. Uh, it, it is, by the way, the way the reason Ouija boards work. If you take a study and find out where Ouija boards sell the most, and then overlap it with fundamentalist Christian neighborhoods where the husband is the ruler of the house and wives submit to your husbands, they fit together like jigsaw puzzles. Hmm. And it sort of makes sense in a way. I mean, you got husband who's kind of like Foghorn Leghorn, who's saying, oh, which is my new business going to be a success. Hmm. And his wife, who's had to listen to this bombast for years, subconsciously you know making it say death and destruction is going to be nearly irresistible, but she can't be seen to stab the guy in the back. It isn't duplicity as much as it is the subconscious venting, letting off some steam. I've been listening to this gas bag for years. We're about to put a pin into it. But she doesn't know it. It's the unconscious doing it. Okay, that's your idiopathic motor response. Uh, Penn and Teller did it on bullshit. They, uh brought a Ouija board into the hotel room where Fred Mertz, uh, William Frawley, the actor from I Love Lucy, died. Mm-hmm. He lived mm-hmm. in a hotel. And they had two kids in there who were going to communicate with Fred Mertz. What the kids didn't know was that they turned the Ouija board around. So now, unless Fred's ghost, and Fred's ghost shouldn't see have a problem seeing in the dark, unless Fred ghost puts it right, it's going to come out gibberish. And it did. Hmm. Because they were thinking it's going to be the correct way to do it. Right. But, you know, so it wasn't Fred's ghost, it was them. But yeah, your idiopathic motor response is a great way to communicate with the unconscious. Good way to find lost stuff. Because, you know, Ouija, (laughs) is is the passport in the bedroom? And a lot of the times, yes, yes, no, no, don't know. But, you know, a lot of the times, it can lead you to lost stuff.
0: And so, is it that you're telling your subconscious.
1: Use this to knock communicate. Knock once
0: for yes, knock twice for no. You know, so this way for yes, this yep. way for no. Right, um, and, or, the, it doesn't, or a doesn't finger, really matter, or a which, finger.
1: Yep. I uh, sometimes when I've got people hypnotized, I'll have them use their finger. Yeah. Uh, say yes, no. Right. Whatever the unconscious is uh comfortable with. Sometimes a head nod. I won't know. They won't know. Sometimes it's blinking. It it really does. Your mileage really will vary. And in order to
0: get their fingers or watch or whatever to to move, you have to subdue them into the hypnagogic state or it works? okay.
1: Hypnagogic, by the way, what happens when you uh, get up in the morning. Hypnoidal is what happens when you go to sleep at night. Need eh? Cause Oh, it, okay. Right? Because you're getting up off the couch. The kids have elbowed you and said, "Dad, can you go get me a diet Pepsi?" And you come back with a regular Coke, and you really can't understand why they're looking at you like, "You're really lame, Daddy."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, if we can communicate with our own subconscious, with the the yeah, launch, yeah, yeah, yeah. How else can we? kind of use this field to understand ourselves.
1: We don't give ourselves enough credit. We are pretty beat down a lot of the times. Um, There was a guy called Emile Coué, who was... Let's call him the Henry Ford of hypnotism. From France, he uh, he ran a school called the Nancy School of Autosuggestion in a part of France, which is unfortunate because really it brings up people's memories of an old comic strip. Um, he came up with great laws of autosuggestion. One of the most profound, which is this, that if I have a plank in the middle of this room. And I could have you walk back and forth, 12 feet long plank, right? La, 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 la. That's easy. Now let's put that plank between two buildings, eight stories up. And all of a sudden your mind's going to say, I must not fall. I must not fall. I must not fall. Bah right? Now, Kuei had a motto. He would have his people say, in every way, in every day, I am getting better and better. And he'd have them repeat that. I don't use that because I can't get people to buy it. Because
0: telling themselves every day I am improving, they they won't.
1: A lot of the times they won't. What I can do instead is the one you got. Something good is going to happen to me. Maybe it's a good cup of coffee. Maybe it's just driving into work with the air conditioning working and my brain doesn't feel like it's going to melt down my uh, shoulders. Mm. Something good is going to happen to me. Yeah, I can dig that. Because we're better than we think. We don't give ourselves enough credit. Our expectations have been so lowered that sometimes we have to start off modestly and we go from there. I think that's one of the things we can learn maybe the most from hypnosis, that we are better than we think, that we are more adaptable, that, yeah, uh, quite frequently we can go from there. Now, I know that almost verges into, like, your Oprah Winfrey territory that nobody really wants to get into, but... uh, I would, and which I try to stay out of. But you know, what are you going to do? So
0: I, I know that there's this fear that I read that uh, what would happen if you know I'm put under and I'm hypnotized and
1: I die. The gentleman, well,
0: the gentleman leaves the room and I'm just left in this trance and I'm frozen forever in a
1: nope. in a state. You'd wake up. Is the, uh, you'd have a great sleep. You'd wake up. How soon?
0: Well, it would take a couple minutes of realizing there's nothing going on. Or how 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 long do you think it would take for for a person to to realize I'm the
1: only one in this room now? And I well, let's let's start with your subconscious. Uh, say the place caught fire tonight. Mm. Would how soon would you know? Pro- you, probably, pretty quickly. I smell smoke. Yeah. You're out the door with your wife and the cat. Yeah. Right. Okay. Some people would be deeper and the flames might get closer to the bedroom. Okay. When does the un- subconscious, the unconscious wake you up? Okay. So that would be one of the things your mileage is going to vary. Right. Um, with falling, if I died of a heart attack, and by the way, folks, I'm in perfect, uh, cardiac health. If, uh, <laughs> I died while I had you under. You'd sleep for a few minutes, then you'd wake up, uh-huh. right? That would be all. And uh, especially since the hypnoidal states, uh, the hypnosis states I'm putting you in, you're going to hear me. You're going to um, remember everything I'm saying. One time when I was under, because we hypnotized each other while I was getting trained, this bird flew into the window that was behind me probably went off like a rifle shot, right? I heard it. I didn't care. Everyone else in the room jumped a foot. Because you were... Right, right. It's kind of like when you're out in the back lawn during the summer and a fly lands on you. Any other time, you're going to be swatting it away. If it's out there and you're relaxed, maybe you've had a beer or two, you're not going to care. Just let it sit there, right? Mm -hmm. I sometimes compare hypnosis to that. It's like, okay, Ian's put me under. He's busting his chops. I'm enjoying him. He's kind of funny. We're going someplace with this. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I should be thinking of different things to do other than smoking. Hey, I bet I can think of that. Hey, yeah, the squeeze ball would be a great idea. And it goes like that. Always compare it to driving down the 401. You're doing 120. The other cars on the other side of the medium are doing 40 because they're going in the other way. Your Mm -hmm. mind is in both areas. You are usually clearer when you're doing hypnosis, you get a clarity, but at the same time, there's quite frequently this lassitude where it's like, nah, I'm just going to sit here and take this. This is a good idea. You know, driving my John Deere tractor. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference between
0: stage hypnosis and clinical hypnosis?
1: The guy that trained me is went back and forth between the two. And I have a lot of respect for those guys because They will take a room of 200 people, find the 10 they want, get them on stage and uh, ride herd over them and get what they need and a good night's act. And then they're from there. Right. One guy I know I was totally impressed with, Buskerd around the world. Now this was before 9-11 where you could hop on a plane, go into a town like Bangkok or San Francisco, put on a t-shirt that says, do you want to be hypnotized and go out in the street and make money like a guitarist? I wouldn't do that because I'd be worried that one night in Hong Kong I was going to be stabbed for the day's take. Right. (laughs) He did it, came home and he was able to do the old classic ones like, okay, here's a $50 bill. You cannot move your feet. You cannot walk, huh? mm-hmm. and the guy was not able to walk, and it was really cool on the, uh, on the tapes that he brought home. Now, it probably helped that he had at least someone half the time filming him. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, that it, it's possible to do.
0: What is it about your feet are stuck to the floor? What, what's going on there? Is it... So, so the two regions of the brain, the one is accepting that, all right, my feet are stuck to the floor and then it tells...
1: It gets back to your question you asked me in prep for this. Yeah. Uh, what about... You, you said you'd seen stage hypnosis acts mm-hmm. and you'd seen people forget their names and you'd seen them uh, stuff in their arms. How does that work? Mm. We can do that. We can do that right here if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay. Here's how it's going to go. We are going to relive... One of your great memories as a child, I want you to recall in your mind... We'll wait until until the camera gets over here, folks. ...was like the first time you went down to the playground with your mom and dad, and they put you on a swing, and you're kind of looking at the swing, and you're thinking, that bar across the top is not going to hold me. And you're afraid, right? Mm -hmm. And then they get into the swing and, okay, it's going to hold me. I'm having a lot of fun with this, right? Mm -hmm. There was first fear, then there's relief. What we're going to do now is we're going to bring that fear back because I'm going to stiffen your arm and it's going to be like a metal bar and I'm going to make it go. Then I'm going to tap it once and it's going to go out and go back to being spaghetti like it is right now because right now it's spaghetti, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so we're going to make your arm go stiff. Imagine it's stiff like a metal bar. Stiff, stiff, stiff. Make it stiff. Make it in your mind stiff as a metal bar. Be iron. Look at me. Be stiff arm as a metal bar. Now, stiff, stiff, stiff. Keep thinking iron. Keep thinking iron. Work with me here. Keep thinking iron. Stiff as a metal bar. Stiff. Make it stiff. Tap your back. Hmm. The name forgetting is not actually that hard to do because everybody forgets all the time. That's why we make lists. Then we forget the lists.
0: I forget my age all the time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Your classic situation with your wife. You've probably seen it on The Simpsons. Homer's in front of the refrigerator. He says, Marge, where's the ketchup? And she says, homie, it's on the third shelf at the bottom. And he looks down and he doesn't see it. And he says, I don't see it. Usually you only have to repeat it three times, right? And she says, homie, it's on the third shelf at the bottom. And he, I don't see it. And then she comes in and says, here it is, you buffoon right? You didn't see it. I've done it a million times. Hmm. You've done it a million times. Like the pen you don't see on the middle of the floor. A negative hallucination. You're just not seeing it. Most guys are like with white socks in the uh, drawer, right? So we forget stuff a lot of the time. We forget our names. We'll forget your age. I'll forget maybe uh, kids' names or something like that. Hmm. But I mean, also think about uh, what do you know that you don't know now? right? And what are you thinking about that you shouldn't be thinking about or you didn't want to think about? What was your name? And now it comes back. But for about four seconds there, it's like, yeah, (laughs) that's interesting. Yep. You are grabbing the unconscious and you are working with it in a way that it wants to be worked with. Yeah, all right. I remember that when I was a kid. He's going to make my arm stiff, and then it's going to go limp. That's going to be cool. Right? And you go from there. Yeah. I was scared when I was a kid, but now it was fine. La, 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 You got to see the roller coaster. You got to come out. And that's just, that is just uh, without really going into anything deep. By the way, most of the time when I'm working, I only have to go into the first three stages. Quitting smoking, losing weight, de-stressing, three stages. mm For the bigger stuff, you're going to want deeper, but we can do that too.
0: What kind of things would you go into the deeper stages with? Like uh, childhood trauma or...
1: Yep. Yep. Maybe recalling that. um, Obviously, you're going to want to go as deep as you can for pain relief or pain control. By the way, before we do pain control, I want a doctor's note. Why is that? Easy. Easy. What happens if there's something that really should be addressed?
0: I see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What if there's a cancer? What if it's, what if is your body saying, hey, there's a growth down there. Please How Please pull it out.
0: Is it, is it a permanent thing? You know, you, you no longer feel the pain in your leg. And then is, is that.
1: Your mileage may vary. Your mileage may vary. Uh, one of the reasons I got certified was my wife had her knees removed and replaced. And she's having incredible pain going up and down the stairs so i said okay i had been doing it since i was a kid okay sometimes to myself hypnotism yeah yeah this is a great story my mom had to pull a sliver out of my hand one day right and she's thinking he isn't feeling it so she's tapping because it was like a big bug pulling it out and she didn't think she was really making any pain, but I'm sitting there and she looks up and she realized I'm, sw- I was sweating because I was working on blocking out the pain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she kind of tapped me a couple of times. I wasn't there. I was not feeling it. I you know, and so she's able to pull it out. So yeah, okay. We can work with that, but where were we? Um, you're
0: c- controlling pain. How right. long does pain work?
1: My wife's married. Now, when I would put my uh, wife into uh, anesthesia for hypnosis... Boys and girls, a terrible accident happened the other night when somebody was told not to grab the mic and grabbed it anyway and hurt his mic stand. Remember, (laughs) when you're in the studio, follow the technician's advice implicitly. Don't break my equipment. Don't break his equipment. Do what he says. He is all-knowing and powerful. Yeah, I am. I'm the man. (laughs) (laughs) The great and mighty Josh. (laughs) Okay. So uh, did the pain control. She's able to go up and down the stairs like Scarlett O'Hara and gone with the wind.
0: Mm.
1: No problem. And she's sitting there kissing me and hugging me and crying and saying, oh, it's just so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Which is, sidebar, an example of how negative can affect you. Because I had had some relatives who had said, hypnotism is quackery. I can't be hypnotized. It's all quackery. And that I carried with me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it wasn't until I was certified and had gone under myself and put other people that it was like, yeah, okay, this is real. Got certified. I figured, okay, if it doesn't work, I'm only out the cost of the course. But yeah, she's able to go up and down the stairs, that kind of stuff. Said she didn't feel like she was hypnotized, but saw purple smoke. Okay. (laughs) My classic story from Milton Erickson. This is a little bit embellished, but you'll like it. Um, Milton would go around, like I said, uh, hypnotize people and uh, talk about um, how to remove teeth to dentists without using anesthetic. Got this guy under. And the guy goes, I know I'm not hypnotized. One of those jackasses mm-hmm. that you see in the museum who says things like, Picasso's woman looks more like a baboon. Right. And Erickson's like, yeah, how do you know you're not hypnotized? And he goes, okay, I know I'm in my father's basement and I can see the green shag carpeting and the Rockford files are on television, but I can't see my brother's asteroid games. I can't be hypnotized. Uh... And Erickson's like, look for them. Oh, oh, there they are. (laughs) Right? So... A lot of the times you will not feel that you are under when you are undeniably under. Like I said, a lot of times the only thing my wife would see was the purple smoke. Now she would run out, uh, it would start to ease off in about three weeks. Erickson, who was like uh, a pro, like the Tiger Woods at this, had a lady across the table from him and he said, you will go back into a hypnotic state like Next time I see you, if it's appropriate, if it's safe, you'll be able to go back into it. After I say the word, I think it was Teledaga. So years pass, maybe 10, 15 years. They meet up in a diner, and he looks at her and says, Teladaga. Not bad, huh?
0: Hmm. And what is that? That's just <sighs> the subconscious remembering yep. that it's kind of... It agreed to this, your obedient, this engagement. Your yeah.
1: obedient subconscious. Oh, yes, this is what happens. Wang, you're done. That kind of stuff.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, all I have to do to make you think about Christmas is say, oh, the who's in Whoville like Christmas a lot. Mm. But the Grinch who lived outside of Whoville did not. Did not. Exactly. All yeah. of a sudden, it's like you're a kid watching that on TV, you know, with maybe a cup of hot chocolate. Uh-huh. I can see it. Exactly.
0: So I have this thing, um, I honestly, right now I can't recall the term, uh, aphasia, yeah. aphantasia. I can't aphasia. bring images to my mind.
1: Um, aphasia geez, is when you can't speak, but yeah. No, okay. So okay. it's not aphasia. I think okay. it's aphantasia. Anyway, afa- okay. Sure. Sort of like that. You can't, yeah. You
0: can't. So images don't pop. I don't process right. through images the same way others are able to bring the picture of a loved one into their, into their mind. Right. Um, How do you, do you think that that would affect my ability to be hypnotized or just the methods that you would use to get me there?
1: What we would do is we would say, like you were able to visualize, you said you could see it when I brought up Mm -hmm. the thing about the Grinch.
0: I think about, I I say I can see it, but details get run through my mind. Sure, exactly.
1: If you can think about it, we're there. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. Can you think about this? Yeah, I can see that. You know, that kind of stuff. We can work with it. I don't need you to be able to totally visualize Julia Roberts, but, you know, if you can work with the idea, you know, we've got you. We can work with it. It can go from there.
0: Do you have any uh, favorite cases of your practice or or interesting cases of your practice that you want to bring up?
1: Uh, no name dropping. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we are actually with the National Guild of Hypnotists. I keep your records for seven years. The only way that I can reveal stuff to anybody else is like uh, if there's the court order. I uh, You can get it transferred to another hypnotist, which is why we keep the records, so that uh, if they went through it and said, oh, okay, Josh wants hypnosis, he underwent it with Ian McLeod, and Ian began with the Dave Ellman induction. A hypnotist worth his salt would know what the Dave Elman induction was. And if I say it worked really well with him, it'd be like, thank you, Mr. McLeod. This is a good entryway. And and since it had worked with you before, we can work with it again.
0: So that's a technique to get one into... Yeah, the induction the
1: did is, is like a standardized. He was... Um, one of the pioneers who figured out this great induction doesn't take too long to get you into hypnosis and just about everybody learns it, right? Like, one of the problems, and I'd be a liar if I didn't admit to this, is that hypnosis has had uh, a checkered past. It's unregulated. You You're out. right. See, boys and girls, don't play with this man's equipment. <laughs> right. It's had a checkered past. It's unregulated. It's unregulated. And so you want to make sure that you get as much protection and people who are going to look after your back as much as possible. So now watch. He's going to pull a $50 bill out of his hand. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So with the NG8s, we have this contract we have to put out with you where I'd say, okay, I was trained here. I'm keeping your records for seven years. You uh, are going to be confidential. Uh, unless the courts say you have to say what they uh, know about, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we make sure that we say, I am not a doctor. I am not diagnosing. We are working on problems together. I'm not going to tell you not to take your meds, right? The number of hours and uh, what you've done to get there. That way you're not getting somebody from Shecky's School of Pancakes and Hypnosis that basically learned it off the internet mm. one night, right? Mm. Hey, Mom, guess what I can do now? Well, that's where I learned it, yeah. You know? stop YouTube. <laughs> Watch, I can put my hand on a candle and I don't feel anything until tomorrow. Yeah. When it isn't there anymore and then it's like, ah! <laughs> right? Not cool. Like back in the Wild West days, you would have these guys come to town and make grandma go between two chairs and have guys walk up and down. Seen that, yeah. Right? And that was great because grandma's like, I'm not feeling a thing until the next day when they're in the wilderness, New Jersey and gone and uh, grandma's sitting at home. Right? Terrible.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because the body is still undergoing the the stress of having a grown man stand on her. Right. Um, but it's just that she's not feeling it and the right. muscles are contracting in such a way. It's like um, we, we see uh, crazy um, exhibitions of human strength where like a mother will, you know, her yeah, baby drops a, under a her, car. The car. The, the mother lifts up a car, yeah. The baby um, is... The muscles uh, get torn in that, in that case, but right. it doesn't matter because it's fight or flight.
1: Sure, sure. Now, classic examples... From the Journal of Practical Hypnotism and Mesmerism, 1901, William Wesley Cook. I love this guy who, that's the catalepsy our esteemed leader here was talking about. And uh, the other one shows you a guy that looks like he's at the family barbecue, but if it doesn't show up on your screen, he's got one of those needles that James Bond's tortured with right through the tongue. Now, take a look at that again, the guy with the needle. You will note there is no blood. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that it took him a little while to get that subject prepared that way and to be able to do it but that's still nearly art. That's nearly Tiger Woods, Hank Aaron, hitting a home run thing. That's good. Because if you take a look at an anatomy textbook, there is a cluster of veins and arteries right there you move too far in either direction and it's going to look like an alien movie.
0: So he had to know where the arteries were so that he, he doesn't... He had hit to those. have a
1: cub- subject that's going to be able to go underneath. They would have to work together a couple of times to do it. This other lady is more easier to do. She's... That's cool. But that guy, that's art. That, that guy has definitely... Really honed his craft. That's why I still have a lot of respect for the stage magicians. Some people look down on them. I never do. They uh, at the end of the day, it's using the same. It's using the same yeah. stuff. You're doing it for a different revenue stream. Totally makes sense for me. I've you know? seen. Uh, I
0: saw uh, a stage performance where the gentleman made um, stage participants orgasm yep. on stage. Yeah, I found that extremely fascinating. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, everything, everything goes on in the brain. You know, nothing yes. is really physical. It's all right. just, just perception.
1: Um, Eslinger, a great guy from North Carolina, good hypnotist, uh, was a nurse and now does uh, pain control. He used to say there is no pain until it gets to the brain. True, you know, not bad, right? Yeah, cute, I like that cute line. And uh, he would uh, have various courses that he would teach at the NGH about. Pain control, which isn't bad. One of the freebies you'd always give out, you can do this, you'll love it. Take your hands, put it at the bottom of your rib cage. Okay? What you want to do is to breathe and make your lungs expand out and up. That's because most Canadians and Americans don't know how to breathe. We breathe with our bellies. Somebody who smokes, and dies of stomach cancer, I'm willing to bet a burrito that they were breathing through their gut. What you want to do when you're breathing like that, where you're making the diaphragm go out and up, is expand your diaphragm at the bottom. At the bottom of the diaphragm is the vegas nerve, almost the same as Viva Las Vegas, but spelled V-E-G-U-S, vegas. Vegas, yeah. Okay, longest nerve in the body.
0: It runs all the way down to here.
1: Pretty much. So what we're doing by stretching those two lobes at the bottom is, one, getting air into them, because a lot of people only breathe up here, mm-hmm. and two, stretching that nerve, which relaxes you. Uh, Esd- uh, Eslinger, as opposed to Esdale. Eslinger always starts out his sessions with that.
0: Breathing. Yep. To naturally relax get the Get people to relax,
1: get people to breathe, stuff like that.
0: When you're taking somebody out of a trance.
1: Right. Is there a right and a wrong way to do it? Just like saying, is there a a right or a wrong way to put them in? Uh, You know four or five different ways to put them in, and it's what you're comfortable with, right? Um, Obviously, when I'm working with a policeman or with a uh, nurse, I'm not going to do the sudden thing like, go to sleep, Mm -hmm. because they're going to look at me and go, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Right? Bringing them out, I like to bring them out gradually. Usually, the classic one is, when I bring you out, uh, at number eight, you're going to be awake. You're going to feel magnificent. You're going to feel clarified. You are going to feel calmer than you have felt for days, right? Number 10, you're going to be at the top of your game. And then we start off from number one. You know, you're starting to feel your feet now. You're able to be conscious of your feet vis-a-vis against the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Your knees are feeling back again. Your shoulders are going away from your ears, right? And now we get up to number eight. You feel magnificent. You're at the top of the game, right? Bang, number 10. Um some people don't even snap the fingers. I still snap the fingers. Uh, it's it's it. You know why not? It's right? a nice
0: trigger. Yep. Uh, you could just as easily say, as soon as I get to ten, you're
1: going to be feeling nauseous. Yep. That and, and has and that. that w- some people used to do that for cigarettes.
0: When you have a cigarette, you'll feel nauseous.
1: Right. You will remember your first cigarette, how bad it felt in the back of your throat, the oil, the ashes, all that stuff going down your throat, right? Got one lady to quit smoking because we recalled a boy who used to make her try to eat worms in the playground. And I'd say, every time you put a cigarette to your mouth, you're going to see Frankie Franco and uh, he is going to try to make you take a worm in your mouth. But that's, you're going to say, Frankie Franco, I'm not going to eat your worm. And that was from her life because she said to Frankie Franco, I'm not going to eat your worm, worm and plowed him. So no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was easy for her to do. You know, Frankie Franco, I'm not going to eat your worm. And one day someone at work said, uh, do you want a cigarette? And she said that back to them unthinkingly. Frankie
0: Franco, I'm not going to eat your worm.
1: And she, they're like, what? <laughs> no context. <laughs> no, no, none whatsoever. Like, oh.
0: So if I had... If I, if I have a habit that I want to start or a habit that I want to quit, right? what do I do to, to start that ball rolling?
1: Positive affirmations are a great idea. Um, the cops in the states were onto something when some municipalities made them read the Miranda rights. Not memorize, read. read. They would pull out the card and say, you have a right to remain silent, you have a right to right? As opposed to so that the lawyers couldn't say, but how do you know that you read them all or the client got them all?
0: Oh, I gotcha.
1: Right? Like my favorite line from a Dan Aykroyd movie where he's playing a cop, he turns to the crooks and says, Miranda, Miranda, Miranda. Right? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> right? But a positive affirmation written out, posted someplace where you're going to see it, is usually a great place to start, right? Um, With a lot of my hypnosis people, I will give them three sets of cards. First set of card is to have them repeat before they go to bed at night. Something good is going to happen to me. Something good is going to happen to me. Something good is going to happen to me on each finger and thumb 10 times before they go to sleep. They do it that way so that they don't lose track while they're doing it and get through all 10. You do that for a week. Then, on the other side of that wall, you start picturing something pretty, count backwards. After we put you into a hypnoidal state a few times and you're able to remember what it's like, you slip into it, and then after that, we start giving you those concrete ideas. Make them positive, make it present tense. Make them attainable, give yourself a reward, right? Right? I will not lose my temper at my children this week when I am correcting their spelling mistakes mm. is one way of doing it. An even better way would be I will be positive and helpful and supportive with my kids while we're correcting the spelling this week. Phrasing's everything. So in essence,
0: to... to um Start a new a new behavior. It's essentially replacing the old behavior with a new one, or sure. the old thought pattern with a new one. Sure. It's about ritualistic repetition repetition of the new process. Right. And then you're saying there's a reward for when you successfully overcome. Do it. Right. Do right. It. Is, does it matter what the reward is? Does it have to? I usually,
1: to the- I usually try not to let it be food, because we've got enough of that, that in society. That's the food problem. Yeah, that that we've got enough of that in our society right now. You know, um, eat a Dorito. Yeah. So usually something not food, and something that maybe you haven't been willing to do for yourself. I really want the Avengers uh, DVD that came out last week in the classic two-disc format that has Scarlett Johansson with her color commentary, but I just won't buy it because I have other things to do. So, okay, you give up smoking, um, you do whatever it is, you exercise or whatever. Yeah, when you're starting to complete it, go on out and get the Scarlett Johansson. Something like that.
0: Are there milestones then? Like one after one week of not smoking, say... You know, I'm going to plan to reward myself accordingly after two weeks, three weeks.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, usually, you're. You, I usually like to ride herd for a while, and then usually, sometime down the line, the client will say, You know, Ian, it's great meeting you. You're a fun guy. We have a lot of fun together, but I don't need you anymore. And uh, they're able to do it themselves. To.
0: Continue on with their, right. their right. habit changing.
1: Quite frequently, it's like, okay, let's tack on a couple of more sessions here. I'm having trouble with this. Can you reinforce this with me? This behavior? Yes.
0: So, when they are feeling like they want to smoke, they repeat their affirmation to themselves? Or is it, or, or they just no longer have the desire to smoke?
1: What I try to do is take away, is open them up to the possibilities, give them the choice back because some guys like to make it so that you avert them and they don't want to smoke. I'm just saying like with the negative stuff, I'm just saying, no, the possibility is always going to be there, but you're not going to want to because this is more habituation This isn't like crack where if you don't get it in two hours, you're going to go freaky, right?
0: Because that's a chemical dependence.
1: Sure. Take people off heroin and you can just about set your watch as to what's going to happen as they come off, almost to the hour. Mm -hmm. But I can get six different people who are going to have six different withdrawal symptoms when they're coming off cigarettes. What's the story with that? Right? It's getting back to, oh, Frankie is going to have diarrhea if he eats KFC. Maybe it's something they've seen. Maybe it's something they've been told.
0: My last question is about memories. Sure. And you can access, you can access, uh, you know, memories from the past that you don't think are still stored there.
1: Correct. Um, some of the hypnotists used to say everything you've ever done is stored there. I don't go that far. I think if you're hit in the head in a hockey game, you're going to lose before and immediately after the concussion. mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, I think a lot of it's there. I think a lot of stuff we've forgotten is there, that we've forgotten.
0: Can you put things there?
1: I always like to say, I always like to say that we usually put things there ourselves, our negative beliefs, our negative things, you know, Um, we've been beaten down. We have had a hard time and we wind up with a lot of negative self-fulfilling prophecies, Mm -hmm. right? The idea that you can put something there is a lot harder. The CIA tried for years to find someone to kill Castro through hypnosis. It never worked because if you were that disaffected with Castro, he was going to know it. Right. And you get back to that core value again, where you would have been able to work is what we think the Japanese did with the North Koreans.
0: What happened there?
1: Japanese and the North Koreans hate each other. Long-standing history. In fact, recent polls said that if Japan attacked North Korea, 50% of the South Koreans would unite with the North to repel them. No way? Way. So we think maybe in the middle 80s, there was a coup or an attempted coup in North Korea because all of a sudden all these peasants in North Korea are waking up one night. Planes, trains, troops going everywhere, right? We think there was an attempted coup. We think it happened this way. You got your Romeo and Juliet thing, opposites attract, right? So maybe a Japanese general said to a North Korean general, God, you're such a smart fellow. You're really capable in your country. It's Too bad that your government is being run by a hereditary family thing. My gosh, you know, you could, like, be a king there if you just fed the people better. They'd love you to death. I mean, you know, not to cast aspersions on beloved leader, but I think you could probably do a better job. You're such a fine, smart fellow. And eventually, you know, probably said one day, you know, I've got all these machine guns sitting in a factory I just don't know what to do with. (laughs) <laughs> by the way want some claymore mines and maybe some bombs we're we're clearing out this week you know filipino war surplus mm-hmm. no kidding and we think that is closer to the kind of implanted ideas you could do not so much hypnosis but working along somebody's ideas that they would be ready for some disaffected general that probably got a bonehead command from uh one of the kims and it's like, yeah, here we go again. And then one day meets opposites attract and it goes from there. But we're pretty sure, yeah, there was a coup in uh, North Korea in the 80s. And we think that may have been what happened. A that's general from J- China, a general from Japan, a general from someplace was talking to somebody else. And it went from there. But something sure did.
0: But it's, it, So it's not that like...
1: I can't strap you to a chair they, like in, uh, yeah. get out and make you believe that your body's going to transfer to another. No, can't do it.
0: No. Well, that's, that's too much. It's, it's, it seems that hypnotism is successful when it's subtle. Yeah. That's what makes, you know, uh, as you're saying the tractor and not specifying the John Deere tractor or this or that being. It's a dance. You're working together. You're working together. Push it, you're getting their the cl-
1: participation. You want to work together with them. Like uh, if I say make America great again to some people, they're going to look at me and go, "Mm -hmm." where others are going, yes, it's time for us to return to the glory days of the past. Right. Right? That kind of stuff. Interesting. Well,
0: it's been a really interesting conversation with you so far. I really appreciate you coming into the studio. Glad to to have been here. To talk about
1: this. Remember, kids, don't play with the equipment. Don't
0: break my equipment. Alright, well, we'll call it there. Thanks so much.